This podcast is brought to you by Harness Racing New South Wales. The emergence of Kima Frenning among Victoria's harness horse drivers this season has been the talking point of the industry. At the time this podcast was recorded, Kima had just won a semi-final of the Breeders' Crown for three-year-old Carlson Geldings on Malcolm's Rhythm, and that took her to 109 wins on the Victorian State Premiership, and on the Metropolitan Drivers' Premiership, she's running third with a total of 35. This extraordinary performance comes from a 27-year-old Swedish girl who embarked on a backpacker's holiday to Australia in 2014, principally to escape the European winter. Kima was born and reared in Malmo, Sweden's third largest city. At the completion of high school, she commenced a university course in law and economics, but after four years, decided to terminate her studies to the disappointment of her parents. Her horse involvement began with riding tuition, followed by the pony trots, and she later became involved in the Monty pursuit where trotters are ridden under saddle. And this was one of the reasons she decided to spend her holiday in Victoria where Monty racing was gaining a foothold. I'm delighted to welcome one of the rising stars of Australian harness racing, Kima Frenning. Thanks for joining us, Kima. Thanks for having me, John. Well, I must say it's hard to tell you're Swedish. English was your <laughs> second language at school and you're pretty good at it. Oh, thank you. I've learned. I wasn't as this good when I came out here, but I've, uh, I'm getting better, I think. <laughs> I think in most European schools, a second language is almost compulsory, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, we, they teach us from third grade up to last year in high school. Your earliest involvement at school was to attend a riding school. And mum and dad and your sister Sarah all went along and you all received riding instruction. Yeah, that's right. We, my, me and my sister started and uh, dad's pretty hands-on. So after when he realised we were pretty serious about it, he wanted to learn as well. So he signed me and, uh, himself and mum up for it. Yeah. Did mum and dad keep going or did they give it away eventually? They actually kept going for a while. They leased an uh, old thoroughbred that they looked after, and uh, but now they've they've um, yeah they're too busy and they they don't really do. They enjoy it, but they don't have horses of their own. Yeah, you had a few tumbles in those early days at riding school, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I, I fell off a couple of times and I got a bit scared and I didn't want to ride. And uh, luckily, my um, teacher at the time she had pony trotters. So she um, she uh, said to me, if you don't want to ride, you can come out to my farm and, and you can drive them instead. And uh, I just love that. Mm-hmm. Right. And you rode them and drove them. Yes. Yeah. Well, to start with, I only drove for a couple of years, actually. I didn't get back in the saddle for a while. And then yeah. I started riding again. And it was, uh, yeah, I, I love both. Uh, I love both. Yeah. Mm. Later, you graduated to the Monty Pursuit, which was pretty popular in Europe at the time, and you took to that like a duck to water. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I uh, I loved feeling, you know, the power of the horse underneath me, and, and uh, I loved the harness racing, and to sort of combine both was, was amazing. Mm. 
You competed in 12 Monty races in Europe. You won a couple of them. And shortly after that, Australia beckoned. You did return to (laughs) Sweden for a little while to compete in a ladies' invitation race, but we'll talk about that later, Kima, because it's a story in itself. Did you travel to Australia alone or with a friend? Um, it was meant to be with a friend, but it, um, I ended up actually going alone, yeah. You landed in Victoria, and as luck would have it, you landed a job straight away with Chris Lang Jr., who, like his dad, had trotters everywhere. How did you gain that lucky appointment? Um, my friend that I was meant to come with me, she, um, she'd been down here. They had some exchange um, Monty race with Australian and Swedish riders and, and she rode one of his horses so she knew him mm. and uh, when we sort of started talking about travelling she said oh I know this guy where we can get a job and, and yeah luckily we, we landed the job mm. yeah. Well at that time the Montys were the only thing on your mind you had no desire to drive horses in the sulky in those early stages no, not at all. I just I wanted to ride in a couple of Monty races and I wanted to learn about the training and, and you know, how harness racing was done down here. And, um, yeah, I never, I never really wanted to drive, no. Mm. You were with Chris Lang Jr. for a short time. It was only six weeks. And then a job came up with David Aiken at Avenal. And it was David who got a mare called Vic Chevelle ready for you to ride in some upcoming Monty races. Now, the first time, she broke twice, and then you <laughs> won three straight on her. And your first win in the Monty on Vic Chevelle was in April of 2015, I think at a Storwell meeting. Yeah, it was a stall at Melton. So it, it was actually um, a race at Melton. And... Uh, I remember it so well because I've watched the replay a million times. She she broke at the start and she was probably a good 50 metres off from at the bell and uh, I just let her rip uh, down the back straight and she uh, luckily she picked the leader up in the last couple of strides. So she was just amazing. She just tried her hardest and, um, you know, never, never let her laid down. She was she was awesome. Mm. She's still around, isn't she, old Vic Chevelle? I think she's in retirement on David's property. Yeah, she is. She's in one of the paddocks there and I, I see her every day and it's uh, she, she's so special to me. I love her and, uh, yeah, she still has a property, which I'm very happy about. You competed in about 50 of those Monty races. You won 20. But by this time, you were starting to drive horses a little bit in the sulky and you found yourself slowly beginning to enjoy the experience. Yeah, very slowly. I uh, I, I started out, they've got a really good series down in Victoria where they, um, for concession drivers. Um, so I started out driving in a couple of them and, and um yeah, I, I wanted to retire after about every single drive. I didn't. I didn't really enjoy it when I started because I just could not pull the right, right rein. Mm. Um, but then after a while, I got more and more opportunities, and and I started to really enjoy it. Your first drive in the sulky was a miserable wet night at Shepparton. I think she's a gaga was the name of the mare. You ran last, and it did nothing at all for your confidence. <laughs> No, not at all. I, I, 
at that point, actually, because um, I don't think I made a lot of mistakes in that race, I actually did enjoy it, even if we ran last and even if it was raining. It was, it was just an amazing experience, you know, to be out there competing in the Sulky for the first time. Um, and, yeah, but then I started making mistakes and I didn't like it. What about that, that drive you had for David Aiken on a horse called Calcavado? At Bendigo, it was a race for concession drivers only. You were four wide early, three wide in the middle stages, three (laughs) wide over the last lap, and by a freak of nature, you still won. Yeah, I don't know how he he managed to do that. I was was told to sort of be a bit careful, um, and I didn't want to, I don't know, I didn't want to get in anyone's way and I didn't want to get in my own way. So I was just happy to be out three and four wide. And I don't, I don't think he was ever on the track in that race. And, mm. and he, uh, I don't know how he won, but he did. And that was, uh, that was amazing. Yeah. So how were you feeling about driving at that particular stage? Uh, were you half-hearted about it? Um, well, after that win, I thought, no, I'm going to give this a good go. You know, I, I really enjoyed it, and I thought this, this, I might be able to do this. And then, and then, yeah, like I said, I just uh, started to make a lot of mistakes, and and uh, I actually got a suspension, a three week suspension from the stewards for an unacceptable drive, and <laughs> and I thought, no, that that was it. I wasn't gonna, you know, I wasn't gonna drive anymore. And then. Uh, yeah, I got a lot of other opportunities from other trainers and that I just couldn't say no to. And, and uh, yeah, from there on, I just, yeah, I started to be a bit more confident. I started to really um, put time and effort into the races and, and uh, it went a bit better from there. Mm. Well, Emma Stewart was the trainer to supply your first Metropolitan winner in the Sulky. I think the horse was called Salasonic. Yeah, yeah, that's it. She, she's been an amazing supporter of mine. I mean, she's she's given me a lot of winners. She's she's really trusted me when I when sort of no one else did. And uh, oh, I'm so grateful. You know, I've got nothing um, but gratefulness towards Emma and Clayton. They've been amazing. Yeah. Well, bit by bit and ever so slowly, your confidence levels started to rise, and the winners started to roll in. 2016-17 season, you got into the 20s. 17-18, you got into the 50s. This year, so far, as we speak, you've driven 109 in the state of Victoria. It's astonishing. Yeah, I, it's just I'm really pinching myself. You know, I, I at the start of this season, I set up a silly goal um, with 100 winners and, and I just never thought it was achievable and... Uh, when we sort of sort of started getting closer, I thought, gee, we might even be able to pinch this, you know. And uh, mm. it's just amazing. You know, I could not have done it without all the support that I've been getting from a lot of good trainers and and good owners. And you know, David Aiken's been a massive supporter of mine as well, and mm. he, he's just an amazing trainer and horseman. Let's look at some of the special horses in your life, Kima. Up to this point in time, Sapphire Swayze is one of them. He's currently racing in Sydney. You won a couple of claimers on him at Melton, and you just love that horse. Yeah, I did. There was, you know, he was not a superstar, but there was just something about him. We really bonded, me and that horse. And he was, he was probably the first horse where I had a little bit of influence on how we we trained him and and what we did. And and he just, 
Yeah, I really loved him and uh, he was very special to me. To this day, I'm actually still trying to get him back. I'm hustling the trainer every week to, to send him back down to me. Mm. <laughs> Shelby Bromack uh, won four straight at one stage and five out of six. You won the Tasmanian Cup final in Hobart, which was your very first drive in Tassie. I think that was a stand start. Yeah, it was a stand. So it was actually my, my um, second drive in Tassie because I drove him in the heat uh, of the car uh, the week before and it was a stand start as well. And he, he ran fourth. He didn't really handle the track. So uh, we had to go back and scratch our heads a bit and do a bit of gear changes. And then for the final, he was, he was really, really good. He had to do it really tough. And he was probably a bit lazy, but he, um, he was so strong that night and he, uh, he did really well. Mm. Big Jackhammer was another special horse to you. He gave you your first Group 1 win at the trot and it was a very famous and historic race, the Dullard Cup at Melton. Yeah, yeah, that was amazing too. I mean, he um, he was doing so well and and um, we thought it was uh, a bit in two minds if we were going to hand up or take a seat and we ended up taking a seat and I think it was the right decision because he, he ended up winning it Pretty pretty easy in the end, and, and uh, you know to get a first group one win on Trotter um, was amazing because I started out with Trotters and I didn't really like the paces when I first came down because I was so used to the Trotters, mm. and then I started you know growing towards the paces and uh, but yeah to get a group one win with the Trotter was was amazing and he's been such a good horse to me as well. Mm. Emma Stewart provided you with a two year old group one win at Globe Derby in Adelaide not long ago back in June, and uh, you've actually won four races on this cult. He's called Pandering, and he won that Adelaide race, the Allwood, by a long, long space. He, he just dominated those horses that night. Yeah, he really did. He's a really, really nice horse. And I got a call up uh, in, in a race, and, and I got to drive him in that. He ran third, and... Um, and then from there on, he just yeah, so he just kept on winning and uh, mm. won his two heats in the to the for the Vic Red Series and he ran third in the final. He's just an amazing racehorse. He feels like driving a, a seasoned you know old racehorse and um, yeah, he, he's a lovely horse. Mm. I happened to see that race, Kima, and I recall thinking at the time that uh, you were quite relaxed uh, and very composed because there was trouble in the early stages. The horse in front of you galloped, uh, but you didn't panic. You just quietly slipped around the galloper, and lo and behold, you got back into the one-one again. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy it looked um, relaxed and composed because I wasn't. I was all but relaxed and composed. Uh, mm. uh, you know, when you go out in a race like that, and, and he was odds on favourite, and he was just, you know, sort of expected to win, and and you know, when there's a bit of. Um, crazy things happening at the start, you sort of, your heart races a bit, but, uh, you know, we, we um, landed in a really nice spot there, and, and I could just pretty much go when, when I wanted to, and he was just, yeah, he was too good for him that night, he, he just drew away from them really easy, I think um, I've driven him five times, and I've only, or five or six times, and I've only ever pulled the plugs twice on him, and yeah, he's just, he's, he's awesome. <laughs> We'll just pause for a moment to clear a commitment on the podcast, Kima, back in just a moment. 
It's good times all round at Harness Racing across New South Wales as the state's finest horses and drivers go wheel to wheel. With something for everyone, a trip to the trots is the perfect place to take family and friends. It's easy, affordable and action-packed, so get down to your local track and experience it firsthand. Get all the info at harnessmediacentre.com.au and we'll see you at the track for good times all round. My special guest is Kima Frenning from Victoria. Well, just lately you've won three straight on a horse called Raptor's Flight, an acquisition from New Zealand. Uh, Kilmore, I think, was one of them, and then a couple at Melton. How far will he go? Oh, I reckon he'll go pretty far, that horse. He uh, he came here on a really low mark, and uh, he, he's had a couple of easy wins here, but um, now when he's sort of getting up in grade, I'm confident he, he, he'll still perform. You know, he's such a nice horse. He's got the gate speed, and he sort of can man- maintain that as well. Um, and I'm confident he can sit off the speed as well and be, be really lethal. So I reckon he'll go a long way, that horse. Now we're going to get on to your... Supreme favourites, beginning with the recently retired I'm the Boss. Your association began with I'm the Boss in September 2017, almost two years ago. You've driven him many, many times. You've won eight races behind him, including the Mildura Pacing Cup final. When you led, your first group win came along on I'm the Boss uh, in a Group 2 at his very next start. It was the Shepparton Cup, and here you beat the boss, David Aiken, yeah. on the champion, Lenny the Shark. You sat behind the leader, Cruz Bromac. Uh, Lenny had to race outside the leader. You wore him down in the straight, and I was looking at the video replay again the other day, and there was a close-up of you as you went past the post, and uh, you had your mouth open. You looked to be in total shock. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was, uh, well, that horse, I, I don't know even where to start um, about him. He, our first race we won on him was a C2. And, uh, you know, when we when we got him, we thought, you know, he'd do a pretty good job and he might even pinch a week metro race. And uh, he actually never won a race at Melton, but... Jesus Christ! He, I've never driven a horse that tries harder than him. He, really? He was wasn't the great greatest pacer. He was he he hit his knee around that last turn, but he just he had a heart as big as himself. And I mean that that just proves as well how good a trainer David is. Um, to to get that horse from where he was to to where he sort of ended up was mm. was ridiculous. And and I mean to he won a couple of. Uh, uh, cups before the Shepparton Cup and then, you know, being against Lenny, I thought we were pretty much racing for second and mm. and when we got up to beat him, it was such a bittersweet feeling because I was so happy for me, the horse and their connections and I was a bit sad for Ake yeah. and Lenny and their connections and I, I drove up to Ake's fed after the race and said, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, Ake, but uh, he was wrapped and, and Lenny Lenny ran a really good race that night as well, so, mm. you know, big credit to both the horses, they're just warriors. Well, you and I'm the boss went on to win the Group 2 Kilmore Cup and then you were completely bewildered when you had to pick between two horses in the Victoria Cup. You drove Rapper's Delight and Greg Sugars drove I'm the boss, but you would have had very mixed feelings, I imagine. Yeah, 
yeah, it was it was very very hard. Rapid Delight was my first Group One winner. He he was a personal favorite of mine, and, and then again, on the boss, you know, he was sort of the one that kickstarted my career and and uh, you know won my first country cups group races, and and it was the hardest decision ever because. And you're, and also like apart from the racing uh, experience, you're out there with them every single day in the stables as well, and you just love them both. And and mm. it was a very very hard decision, but I think we all came up with the like the connections of both horses. Um, Ake and me, we we came up with probably Rafa Salib was the up and comer, and um, and yeah, I decided to drive him, but it was a very very hard decision. Now, where is I'm the boss, Kima? Has he finished his racing career? Yeah, he's retired. Um, he he had a couple of injuries and he was just not going to stand up and he'd done such an amazing job. It just wasn't fair to, to keep pressing on with him. And he, uh, he's in the Hero Program now. Sue Terry, that works for um, Peter Clark at the Waterwalker where we send a couple of horses, um, she absolutely loves him and they've done an amazing job with him as well through his career and and uh, she's actually got him now for the Hero Program, and I, I've got no doubt he'll make an amazing, um, amazing riding horse. Yeah, for those who are not aware, the Hero Program is a Victorian initiative uh, which instigates rehoming for standard bred horses. Yes, and- that's right. He, they, they do an amazing job, you know, rehoming um, all of these racehorses because sometimes it's hard to to know where they're going to go and, you know, make sure they get good homes. But they really, you know, they make sure of that for you. So they do an amazing job. Now to the horse who gave you your first Group 1 and the horse who took you to the top of the mountain, Rapper's Delight, who's now a rising six-year-old. You first drove him in June of last year. You ran second at Shepparton first up and then you drove him at his next 15 starts for seven wins and four seconds, including the Vic Bread Super Series four-year-old horses and geldings group one, and you beat a very good horse that night in Julabi Kung Fu. What do you recall of that win? Oh, I recall, because I know that first race where I drove him, um, we, our whole plan was to sort of get to the fence uh, and then hand up to Julabi Kung Fu, because he was actually in that race at Shepparton as well. But, um, yeah, Raffles had a mind of his own that night and he just wanted to latch on and, and he just wouldn't let that horse pass him. So we ended up leading with Jillaby coming through outside of us and, and um, I think we only got beat a neck or something like that and he was so good. And, and after that after that race, we realised that we had a you know, really nice horse on our hands and and then he went through his um, the heats and semis and I think he won the heat and ran second in the semi. And I uh, was very nervous going into the final because we thought he had such a good chance. But, you know, obviously I had a lot of respect for Jilabi Kung Fu. Um, but, yeah, just he, he went 26 down the back in that race and just held him off pretty easy in the end. And yeah. he is just an amazing – he is a warrior as well. I mean, he um, mm. when he's in front or, you know, up there, he's so hard to get past. Mm. Well, he went on to win the Breeders' Crown four-year-old final by a big margin, 10 metres. He won the Smokin' Up Sprint, which is a Group 2. He beat Shadow Sachs and the very good mare Amaretto. Then he won the four- and five-year-old championship, and then he went into the Inter-Dominion. Now, first up, in the first heat, you ran fifth behind Spankham, 
and then you won a heat of the Inter-Dominion on the second night at Ballarat. You led and you beat a great horse in Tiger Tara and I'm trying to imagine the feeling for you when you went past the post on an Inter-Dominion heat winner. It'd be indescribable, I imagine. Yeah, it, it, it was really, it was unreal. He, um, I mean, my whole, when I sort of started driving, I put on my bucket list to, to win an Inter-Dominion. Um, also, super silly goals. Um, but, you know, um, I think you've got to set up goals for yourself. So I've got that on my bucket list to, to win the Inter-Dominion one day. Yep. And um, when we crossed the line that night and beat Tiger Tara, it was, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't describe the feeling mm. that I had. I was so overwhelmed, and, and you know, just now when you were saying all the statistics and and every racist one, you know, looking back on it, it's it's hard because we're so busy all the time, and it's hard to sort of really um, look back and enjoy everything. But now it's just, yeah, it's an unreal feeling, you know, to to have been able to to win these races with him. He ran fifth in the third heat at Cranbourne. And then he, of course, went into the final in which he finished ninth behind Tiger Tara. And Tiger Tara that night went 153.9 for 2,760 metres. No wonder you couldn't get anywhere near him. Well, then came the AG Hunter Cup, Kima, and you drove a horse called Buster Brady and you got off Rapper's Delight. I think Gavin Lang went on. But to think you'd driven in an Inter-Dominion Grand Final, a Victoria Cup... And then a Hunter Cup. Yeah, uh, I mean, and, and on top of that, I mean, it's unreal as it is, but on top of that, I had to pick between two horses in almost every single race, and it's just, uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, <laughs> it's unreal for a junior driver, and I, I'm so grateful for every opportunity that I've got. But, yeah, with Buster Brady, um, I had to drive him because I, I do train him myself, and I'm not yeah. allowed to drive another horse against him. So, yeah, I had to drive him. Um, so the decision was sort of made for me there. But, yeah, he's he's uh, he's a pretty nice horse too, Buster Brady. Now, where is Rapper's Delight, Kima? He was down to trial, wasn't he, this week? Yeah, um, he trialled this week on, yep. at Kilmore. He had a trial at said, three trials now. Mm. And um, he's been on oh, no, two trials, sorry, two trials, and we took him to the track. Um, for just a little hit out, but um, yeah, he's, he's come back really well. He looks really good in his body, and he's going to be aimed for the Breeders' Crown free for all on Friday at Melton. Mm. Now, do you expect to be retained as the driver? Um, no, because I'm going to have Buster Brady in that race as well. That's the oh. race we've we've sort of aimed him for. So, right. uh, unfortunately, I'm going to have to. Um, drive, oh, unfortunately. But, yeah, unfortunately for me and Raptors, I'm going to have to drive Buster Brady in that race. Mm. Well, one of your favourite owners, Luke Stokey, was hell-bent on your gaining a trainer's licence. He wanted to give you a horse to train and he found this bloke, Buster Brady, in New Zealand. Uh, the horse's record currently, 50 starts, 15 wins, 4 seconds, 3 thirds. He's won about 327,000. He'd won some races in New Zealand before Luke purchased him, but he hadn't won in a long time, had he? Yeah, um, he sort of got up to a pretty high mark pretty quick in New Zealand and he had to race 
all their best horses there all the time. And uh, I think they, yeah, they wanted to sell him over to Australia then. And, and like we um, touched on before, Safari's race, he was, uh, I was devastated when he, he actually got claimed in a race and, and Luke owned him as well. And I was devastated and I, I reckon I cried for about three or four days and mm. Luke felt bad for me. And he said, well, the next time I'm buying you, you'll be training it. And yeah. I thought, yeah, okay. And we, I, you know, I started looking famous and, and on a, at a couple of cheapies, and then he said, I found the horse, and it was Buster Brady, and I thought, surely he's not going to, you know, give him to me to train, but mm. sure enough, he did, he, he held his word, and, and um, oh, he, he is just, Luke Stokey has been amazing to me as well, he, uh, I, I'm getting a lot of drives for him, and uh, he helps me out a lot with uh, everything, and um, yeah, I'm forever grateful for him. Right, well, Buster Brady, first up for you as trainer and driver, was unplaced in the St Arnold Cup after a slow beginning. Then you won at Cranbourne. Then you won the Geelong Cup. Then you won a fast class at Shepparton. Then you ran third at Melton. And up he bobbed in the Cobram Cup. Now, he pulled pretty hard in the Cobram Cup, Keema. Does he always pull, or had he been a puller earlier on? He's, he's sort of a funny horse like that because when he's not racing anything, he's really lazy and you have to sort of get up him for him to go. But as soon as he's got a horse to race, he just will not let them pass him and he can get a bit keen um, when that happens. But, yeah, he's a, he's a cool horse because he knows. I think in all races we've ran him in, I think he's only let a horse pass him once and that was when he ran third at Melton. They went 153 over the 2200 and, um, yeah, he got a bit tired then, but that's the only time he's actually ever... Let a horse pass him, so he's pretty cool like that. Oh, sorry, and the other night as well um, at yeah. Melton when he wasn't when he wasn't one hundred percent right. Mm. Well, you've also won an Atuka Cup, you've won the Maryborough Gold Cup, all group races, and a Horsham Cup, and then he went for a break. Now he's pretty well ready to go again, isn't he? As we speak. Yeah, he, he actually had. Three really good trials, and I was really confident. And he actually raced Friday night at Melton, and um, he pulled really hard at the start. He was probably a bit fresh, and um, I had to sit outside the leader and just got really tired late. Um, so that that was probably the second time he let horses pass him. But um, mm. he uh, he's pulled up really well, and and we're still going to aim him for the British Crown free fall to see. The next couple of days, how he is, but he's pulled up well, and I think he probably watched just a bit of a hard run first up for him. You've had about six drives at Menangle. You ran second, in fact, in a ladies' invitation there, and uh, it must have been a shock to the system the first time you saw Menangle. Yeah, it was. It's such a hard track to drive on, especially when you're used to the Victorian racing style and the Victorian tracks. It's just completely different up there, and the I haven't had a lot of luck at Menangle, but hopefully uh, one day I'll, I'll, I can get a winner there. You had Buster there. He ran in a couple of races. I think the Canadian Club and the Bohemia Crystal Free-for-All. Yes. Yeah, he did. He, uh, the Canadian Club was a heat for the Miracle Mile, and he, he didn't qualify, so we ran him in the Bohemian Crystal instead. And he, uh, it's just hard there. You know, you've got to be up on the speed pretty much it's hard to come from behind and we being the first time he was up there we wanted to drive him a little bit more conservative and um, he I, I was really happy with him up there he um, he ran really well um, but yeah his he, he driver probably didn't do him a lot of favours <laughs> <laughs> you 
You're too humble. We've already <laughs> mentioned the support you've had from a group of trainers and a handful of owners. Now, let's begin with the boss, David Aiken, an inspiration, uh, a great friend and a great supporter. Yeah, he really is. He's, he's been like a second dad for me as well um, when I came over to Australia. And he's, uh, I mean, the, the support that he's given me and the horses he's putting me on at the moment, I, I'm forever grateful for him. And, you know, also because I've always sort of um, strived to be a, a trainer and to be able to work next to him every day and, and see what he can do is just, uh, I'm, I'm really learning every single day and he's... Uh, if I can be half as good as him at one point, I'll be more than happy. Lance Justice was one of the first trainers in Victoria to give you drives. Lance, of course, had the honour and privilege to train two champions in his time, Sokiola and Smokin' Up, uh, and he recognised your talents pretty early on. Yeah, me, me and Lance had a really good, uh, really good run there for a while, and he... Uh, he was uh, probably, with him and Emma, you know, they were probably the, the first couple of trainers that actually gave me a, a good go and, and uh, we had a lot of uh, a lot of winners together, me and Lance, and uh, I'm forever grateful for him. He still puts me on a, a couple um, every now and then and, uh, you know, he's a great trainer, great driver as well. Now, some of the clients of the David Aiken stable uh, have also been very supportive. We've already mentioned Luke Stokey. He's the man that instigated your training career, but Dominic Martello and Justin Baker have also been great support bases. Yeah, they they really have. Dominic um, owns Rapids Delight, Malcolm Switham and, and Big Jack Hammer. And uh, when we first got Rapids Delight, uh, you know, um, we didn't really know who was going to drive him and we were just so happy with him. And then first race start came up and Dominic said to David, I'll put Kim on. And, and, you know, from there on, we've had, uh, we've had a bit of luck as well, me and Dominic. And, you know, I, I cannot thank him enough either. He's, he's been great. And Justin Baker owns horses with, um, Emma and Clayton and, and, um, he owns pandering and he, uh, he's been really good to me as well. The Monty races are pretty infrequent these days, but should they return on a limited basis, could you be tempted to get back into the saddle? Yeah, 100%. I, I, uh, I'd love to get back in the saddle, and I think, I think it's a great opportunity for horses as well. It's, uh, it just um, seems to give them a new lease of life. They, um, they go out there and it's something different for them, and they just really seem to... Um, to enjoy it, so I think it's great, and I think it's great. Like it's a great um, style of racing as well. It's, it's, I, I love being out there, and uh, yeah, mm. I hope I hope they can keep going, but it's, it's it looks a bit dark at the moment. Yeah, of all the talented drivers you've met since settling in Victoria, I think the one to have the most influence on you is the remarkable Karen Manning the world's most successful female harness driver. She is a world champion and also the world's most humble champion. Yeah, she really is. I mean, you you go out there and, and um, when you, as you're trying to learn, you look at drivers and you look at their driving style and she's really one that I've been, been looking a lot at and she's, she's just an amazing driver. She's, she's so cool, calm and collected and, 
uh, rarely makes mistakes, always makes the right decisions. And, and like you said, every time you talk to her and you, you spend a bit of time with her, she's so humble and down to earth for everything that she's achieved. And yeah, she, she really is a champion in every word of the, you know, in every sense of the word. Mum and Dad have been to Australia a couple of times to check you out. I think they came together on one occasion and uh, they've come individually subsequently. Yeah, they have. They have. They, they really love Australia. It's just, it's just a long way for them to go. And um, they've got uh, their mums are not 100% right, so it's just hard for them to sort of come uh, come down now. But, yeah, they've, they've been down a couple of times. And they're great supporters of mine as well. I mean, they, they don't know a lot about harness racing, but they watch every single race. And, and um, occasionally I get a text from Dad saying, well, why would you do that? Or why did you do this? And, you know, it's... Uh, he really tries to get into it, which is which is great. Yeah. They're great supporters. And the internet must give them great comfort. They can watch all of your races, at least in in a replay mode, and that would make them feel a little closer to you. Yeah, no, for sure. They they watch every single race. They don't miss one. And and even now with the trucks vision uh, down here, they can watch every every race live when they get an opportunity as well. And it's it's very rarely I drive a winner and I haven't got a message from Dad mm. five minutes after. So, he, uh, yeah, they're great supporters. And sometimes it'll be in the middle of the night in Malmo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think Dad's a bit of a night owl and he, he stays up late and yeah. um, he, he watches the races then. Kima, I was standing at a television monitor one night at Menangle maybe a year ago, and uh, I was standing behind a punter who had backed a horse you were driving in a race somewhere in Victoria. You won the race, and do you know what he said? <laughs> I, I, heard, no. uh, I heard his comment very clearly. He was a Kima Frenning fan. He said, that's <laughs> the best thing to come out of Sweden since ABBA. Oh, really? Pretty good rap. Oh, uh, yeah. It is a very good rap. I love Ava, and, and uh, no, it, that's uh, I had no idea about that. That's that's awesome. It gives me a little bit of uh, confidence boost. <laughs> mm. You told me recently that you pinch yourself every day. Under five years ago, you left your home country to escape another bitterly cold European winter. You came to Victoria because you'd heard they conducted Monty racing. You had no real ambition to sit in a sulky and actually drive a harness horse. Today, you're in the top six harness drivers in the state with 109 Victorian winners as we speak. How are you going to top that next season? Well, I, don't, I don't know if it's possible. I don't, I don't know. I think, um, I mean, this season's just been amazing and... Uh, if I can go half as good next season, I'll be, you know, I'll be more than happy. And uh, I'll just, I'll, I'll, this season will stay with me for a long time. And I'll look back on it and, and think that, you know, it was a, it was a great season. And uh, mm. I mean, uh, I'm just going to start, you know, keep working hard and, and keep putting time and effort into the races. And, and if it goes as good, well, that's great. And if it doesn't, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll still enjoy it. I still love, every single bit of what I'm doing and um, yeah I, it, it's really I know it's a, such a cliche but I, I really feel like I am living the dream at the moment 
And it's been an absolute delight to have you on the podcast. Thanks for your time. You've got a busy schedule. You were at Bendigo last night. You're at Shepparton today and on and on it goes. Keep up the good work, Kima Frenning. Great to have you on the podcast. Thank you very much, John. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And this podcast was produced by Supernova Sound. It's good times all round at Harness Racing across New South Wales as the state's finest horses and drivers go wheel to wheel. With something for everyone, a trip to the trots is the perfect place to take family and friends. It's easy, affordable and action-packed, so get down to your local track and experience it firsthand. Get all the info at harnessmediacentre.com.au and we'll see you at the track for good times all round.